What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It is Haberman and Middlecoff live on YouTube and in your podcast feed brought to you by our friends at Tito's Handmade Vodka. Tito's Handmade Vodka. It is holiday season. It is November. You're going over to somebody's house. You're inviting people over to your house. There's no better thing to walk in the door with than a bottle of Tito's. I was on a conference call yesterday. Somebody said, what's that helmet behind you? I said, that's Tito's. Five people on the call. Friday night, Tito's. See you guys there. Yeah, I'd imagine our man uh, Steve Wilkes. Slams of Tito's when he was told to get out of the box. I'd imagine uh, whoever Mark's 17th president is running the Raiders uh, is going to need some Tito's because that clearly that job has some turnover issues. Uh, Greer wrote three presidents in three years. They fired their their CFO on Friday before they hired McDaniels and Ziegler. Nobody noticed. Belichick, did you see the video of him getting caught? Nice. What the hell was, was he going in the wrong? Could have been. Could have been summer like the beach situation and Nantucket definitely uh, also like just could have yeah. been like last week, <laughs> you know, kind of, kind of also looks like Boston hard to tell. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, same vibe. I'm with you. I definitely had a Martha's vineyard Nan- Nantucket vibe. What was he going into the wrong house? Is that what's happening in that video? No, he's leaving. Like he's, he's had sex and he's take it off in the morning. It was like the walk of shame. Well, I saw that's what it said, but how do we, I thought it was like trying the door and it wouldn't open. It looked to me like he was, he was closing in, like take it off is the way. Like he was, he was cl- trying to be quiet when he was leaving. Gotcha. And 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 he's not wearing a shirt because he just didn't have it on when he arrived. Or, uh, my guess is stains. You know, drinking at night, maybe spaghetti on it or something. Yeah. And why are people leaping to the walk of shame conclusion? How do we know it's not his own? Obviously, not his property because he wouldn't have leaked his own video unless it was an Airbnb. Yeah, I just think it's a classic. It's very. It looks like a walk of shame. I think it's pretty clear. And they, I saw a video 
pretty recently. I don't know if they went to New Orleans during training camp, but there was a video of him with a definitely a younger lady walking around uh, Bourbon Street. So Bill's broken up with Linda. Yeah, uh, clearly a man on the move. I think part of it's that. Like if if Bill had been with Linda, it would have been like, God, was he just partying? Going out to get the newspaper. Yeah. So I think part of it, a huge element is a single. Right. So everyone's assuming could have been like your own bed, you know? Yeah. I I took it uh, as one shared parking lot. So he's, you know, with the people, Uh, maybe Boston headed to work. You know, it's probably five 30 AM. You know, he's headed to the office to get where he can shower and change, but is he going to walk into the office with no shirt on? Well, <laughs> well, I got some shirts at the office. I'll just go in with nothing. Good question. You know, I assumed rental property. Why else would the video get out if it wasn't a rental property? Now, because she would, she would put it. She would put it. She out. would put it out. Yeah. Okay, that could be weird. Or my, if you wanted to dive really deep, they're just trying to justify that. You know, obviously the. The on-the-field product doesn't look good, but it's still yeah. hard to fire a guy who's made you billions of dollars and won you Super Bowls. Where it's like, you know, he's he's not as focused. We had to move on. Could that be the crafts kind sure. of setting someone to follow him? Yeah. He just kind of set up like, listen, he's 72. He's not as dialed in. He's single. He's running amok. Uh, I, that, that to me is a sleeper option in, the, in how the video gets out. A little private investigator. That's not... Yeah. yeah. Fire be rich dog. coming from Kraft who's getting handies at the at the parlor, but on game day. <laughs> on uh, game day. They didn't in Florida when they're playing with the Chiefs. Hey, but however you celebrate, do it responsibly. Tito's handmade vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas, 40% alcohol by volume, namely to proof crafted to be savored responsibly. Little Tito's and hot tea. What's that? A Tito's toddy, I believe. Uh, you know depending on uh, what the temperature is where you are. So, uh, Tito's, we appreciate your... About 85 degrees. Think about going for swimming. How, how, yeah. <laughs> how nice is it where you are? Well, for, uh, pretty nice out, actually. A little cool in the house, but I think it's going to be... Uh, might be... I don't know. Let me see. I'm headed to Boise this week, John. It's going to be 40 there. But right now... Uh, you, you, do you get more the the Emeryville City vibe where you are, or do you get more the Walnut Creek Danville Sun vibe in terms of the weather? Is it more gloomy or... Is uh, it no, a lot of warm? A lot of sun. A lot of sun. Yeah, a lot of sun. So it's hot during the day if it's hot. Like but if it's, it's Walnut not, Creek, it's 100 the, degrees, it's, no, what no, are no. you? If it's 100 in Walnut Creek, then it's 82 here. But it gets cold at night. Uh, this time of year, it'll get cold at night. Yeah. Yeah. Which summer. I, I, summer I've too. never – I always thought the Bay Area cold at night was a little much for me. Too cold? So it, was, it was like that in Cal Poly. Yeah, I don't like it. I like it about 68. Yeah. <laughs> Because that that mist of the water is just yeah. something the middle coughs aren't really in. It's just too cold. You're a valley heat, people. That can be too hot. Like I don't like. <laughs> I want it 90 at night. I, I just like it about 68. Yeah, understandable. Understandable. Just open up all the windows. You don't even need the fan at that point, but you turn it on. A little no. slow rotation. Uh, yeah, Bill. All right, so yesterday... Next one, a defensive coordinator for the Niners. Yeah, I mean, uh, I know I I know Washington wants to trade for him allegedly, but um, Wilkes to the booth, John, from the booth to the Wilkes to the field, and this is on the you long. Call, you called it. Never crossed my mind. It's a college football thing, man. Yeah, it's it just it's never crossed my mind. It's it's a we don't have another solution thing. 
Once you brought it up, it started getting asked. It became a thing. Yeah. Do you think I started it? I don't know. Maybe it was out there in the ether. Did it, it, did you hear that from someone else? Again, no, it never just, crossed my mind. To me, it was totally a product of. But you, you, I mean, you've watched and worked in it too. It was just a product of being in college football every Saturday for me. It's like it's just this is what happens in college football every year. It's just what happens, you know. But, you, but so many people in college football, even if you're over 40, are just like first-time coordinators, first-time kind of feeling it out. It's not yeah. going well. There's pressure on the coach. In the NFL, you're either just a booth guy or you're a sideline. It's just it's not really talked about right now. Maybe with the 49ers, because their last two defensive coordinators were so good, went on to be head coaches, were also so visible in terms of their actions. I mean, Robert Sala legitimately was going viral for going nuts. And I I don't know if D'Amico quite went him, but he was pretty high up there in terms of going nuts on the sideline. Honestly, wouldn't you say of the last like four or five years, you watch the NFL, it's not... I was watching the Georgia-Missouri game. That dude from Missouri was clearly pretty good. Sneaky like a must-champ Kirby on the sideline. A maniac. Drinkwitz? Dirt, a maniac on Eli? the sideline absolute maniac, but you see it a lot in college you, in the NFL. There's like, you watch Dan Campbell, for example, or Mike Tomlin or Harbaugh. They, they don't really do much. They just got to stand there. I mean, the list is probably Sala Sirianni, but Sala doesn't do it anymore. Now it's harder. <laughs> uh, it's hard. Oh, why? Cause he has less to cheer about. Got it. Less uh, cheer, but also it's, it's a little, you got to be careful as a head coach. I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You see, Salas said we have a problem. Society places too much of a uh, uh, value on sacks. Society. We as a unfortunately we live we live in a society that puts too much of a value on sacks. You think he dyes his beard? Sal, uh, I think he does. Yeah, he's forty four. He has seven fucking kids, and Zach Wilson now for two straight years has been his quarterback. He doesn't he's, have one yeah, gray hair. For Woody Johnson, Jets doesn't have one gray hair. Definitely. One. Why does he need, unless it was all white, be a little weird, make him look old? But if it's salt and pepper, I think it'd be a really good look. I don't know. Maybe it's yes. his wife thing. Maybe wife likes it. But you know the 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 ongoing story has been that you know it's good for the play that Fred Warner communicate. My whole thing the whole time was if it's a communication issue and the players need to be able to give you feedback, that's a legitimate reason to move from the booth to the field. Anything else is superficial. Now, what we know about Kyle is Kyle doesn't just do shit because other people are telling him to do it, right? He doesn't do it because the media is giving him pressure. He doesn't do it because the fans are putting pressure on him. But he does value the opinion of his players a lot, especially as he's got a lot of really good players whose opinions he values. Would you agree with that? Yes, especially on defense. Especially on defense. Offense, yeah, <laughs> kind of his way or the highway, but uh, uh, d- defense for sure. And, and those guys have proven it. Like, I... Listen, the moment he said those comments, and I, he didn't impromptu say it. He was kind of asked, but he, the way that he gave his answer was pretty clear. The unofficial clock was on for Steve Wilkes. You're talking about the play after, after, the, after, Kirk, the-, after the Kirk Cousins game. And then I was listening yesterday at the gym uh, to Lynch with Tim Kawakami. And one thing John said you, know, you kind of justified the Cleveland games like we were kind of right there. You know, the, the the Vikings game, somewhat of a freak play, but Cousins was playing the best football of his life. He's like, the Bengals game, we just got fucking worked, right? And then, so that comment was said, 
everything that happened, which I immediately thought unofficial uh, clock for this guy's career with the 49ers was on. Officially, to me, it started now once this move, like you acknowledge this. But the thing is, part of the booth, let's use Vic Fangio, for example, who the Dolphins actually are playing a lot better on defense. Booth guys, for the most part, part of the reason that Ken Dorsey clip went viral a year or two ago was because in the booth, you just there's it's it's much more controlled. It's not as emotional as the sideline, right? Well, Steve Wilkes looked like on the high end of like, does this guy have a pulse? To think that you're going to come down there, it immediately puts a microscope. Everyone's going to be watching it. The cameras are going to go to it. It's one of the better games this weekend. Obviously, 49er fans watching it no matter what, who they're playing. But it's just, there are going to be a lot of eyeballs on it. It became an NFL story. I just think that this went from zero to 60 extremely fast. And now, and I don't blame the players, but for the most part in the NFL, the biggest difference between baseball, basketball, and football, like if Bryce Harper wants the hitting coach fired, he's going to get fired. In the NBA, at the moment's notice, you have a top, I don't know, I'd say five player, but it's really more like top 25 player. It's they, just, they have just a borderline max player or a guy that's going to be max. They have so much power. Anything they want, they get. In the NFL, like the greatest dynasty I've ever saw, Bill didn't listen to fucking anybody. Bill Walsh was notorious for like, Ronnie, we appreciate your services. We're cutting you, <laughs> right? Uh, Joe, we're going with Steve. It's, it's, a, it's a front office coach league. And that's what makes Kyle, who's pretty sneaky old school, kind of unique with this defense like I think he really values their opinion and they've earned it but like they weren't feeling this guy and it was Bosa made some comments Fred started making some comments and then you start getting smoked like I I think a lot of people are gonna think it's just gonna be weird like if he just stands there motionless fair or not people are gonna be like what the fuck is this it's gonna look weird especially the defense just kind of looks if they're giving up points yeah you know so it's like what where's he and that's not his personality you can't make part of why the Belichick guys always gets crushed. They try to copy. Just be yourself. Well, Steve's personality is not Saul or D'Amico. Like D'Amico was like team captain rookie with the Texans in like 06. Robert Sala just kind of has a natural, God, that guy looks cool and like energetic. That's not really Steve Wilkes' thing. It's, it's just not. But it's also not their problem. Their problem is not playing without emotion on defense. Their problem is they can't get off the field on third down. Their nickel is getting roasted. And they're not getting home on pressure. I know, but part of moving him to the booth, like just to talk, it, it's going to be, you, you, we're not going to just see them talking. We're going to just see him standing there. They give up a touch. I think it could get really weird really fast. I mean, it already has. It already has. I, I, I told you before we hit record, my first, I said 50-50, and then I'm like, no. Maybe it's like 80-20. This guy's not going to be the defensive coordinator next year. Borderline no matter what. Uh, I think he's in major trouble. And this team's going to the playoffs. And hell, they're more than likely going to win a playoff game or two. Who knows? They might go to the Super Bowl. I, I think this guy's career is in jeopardy with the 49ers. How could it not be, right? How could it not be? Yeah, I mean, they were 5-0 and with this system. They were 5-0 and with him in the booth. They were 5-0 and not being totally comfortable with the offense. They were 5-0 and without Bosa getting home on sacks. They were 5-0 and with guys going, teams going at Oliver. It, does, it doesn't mean they liked it, everything, though, right? Behind no, no, that's what I'm getting at. It's like, I think it's very possible that at 5-0, and Fred was telling Kyle, like, Kyle, this is not, you know, this is not working. So then you get into thin margin games, on the road, good teams, whatever, and it bites you. And now it's the perfect chance 
to do what the players are asking for. My point being, in your scenario where you go to the playoffs and win a couple games or maybe you compete for the Super Bowl, it's happened before. Teams have separated from coaches. It would be a great problem to have that they're in the Super Bowl despite the fact that they've lost three games in a row right here. But um, I'm with you. I, the, the point is that I, I don't – the odds they're looking for a defensive coordinator after this year are extremely high, which we thought was going to be the case. But we thought it was going to be the case because it went so well. They're going to be, oh, another another cop pick. They're going to get for Steve Wilkes. Well, that's – he's not getting that – you know, maybe he's a better head coach than he is a coordinator. But uh, now the flip side of that is this. Anytime in any situation you have adversity, it's also a chance for you to respond. So, you know, we talk about this being a big week. They've made – two dramatic changes on their bye. They traded for Chase Young and they took their defensive coordinator out of his comfort zone in order to put him in their player's comfort zone, right? Like Kyle even said, I'd rather be in the booth. You got the desk there. You got the monitors, you know, like Steve Wilkes is leaving his comfort zone this week. Well, it's a much more controlled environment, right? It's less emotional. You're more in control. Anyone that's been to an end, the thing that makes football the most unique, I, I was at dinner last night. Maria has these, clients that took them out to happy hour and we were talking they they are from the south one went to auburn the other went to lsu and obviously you just go to these schools they just know so much about sports <laughs> it's crazy uh you know they, they're just the passion they have like the the ability to just talk about like coaches and just it's it's i'm jealous almost uh but we talked about like vr and some of these goggles and where it's headed about sitting courtside or you know behind home plate football is the one unique sport where it's like you actually don't want to be so close, Too close. right you, you, the ideal view oftentimes is the coach box like kind of that area and that's why the suites sell for the most and anyone that's listening that has gone to games at nicer stadiums that kind of vip middle area is typically the most expensive ticket in the national football league you charge a premium there are usually like drinks and stuff included it's like the club level. The club level is the best seat. Why? Because you see it expand. And you don't realize, it. whether you play football, you, you like football, you just watch it on television, until you go to a game and sit on that perch, the way it looks when it opens up. It is pretty crazy. You see it's, it all. That's I why you need you, people up there to help the coach, right? Yeah, I remember when Can when uh, Levi's opened, you and I did like a lap. Maybe not when it opened, like, but a few years. And there's... There's fantastic angles there, right? I, I've never spent any time like second level corner. I've I've never in my life sat in that spot at any football game. Um, and it's an incredible view there. Think about like you and I have spent like a that, lot that of Bud Light that Bud Light yeah, area is kind of flat. You and I have spent a lot of time on the sidelines for football games. You spend a lot of time not exactly knowing what the hell's going on. No, hell, you can't think see about the, the Navarro Bowman pick six at Candlestick, the last game. It was you, me, Chris Berman standing there. On like the 20, Matt Ryan was about to score a touchdown. Bowman picks it off. He goes running right by us. There goes Harbaugh. And then it's like, well, I think he's scoring. I can't really see, right? I mean, Kyle doesn't well, it's why, why? I mean, when coaches say, I mean, they say a lot of bullshit. Like, I have to watch the tape. I don't really know. I couldn't really see. They're not technically lying a lot of the times, right? right. Yeah. They're buying some time, but yeah, they're not. I mean, especially if the play happens on the opposite side of their team or – you know, down if they're at the 15 yard, you know, 30 yard line, the plays at the one on the opposite hat. Like, how do you see? 
So it's, I mean, there's a level of this guy chose to be up there for a reason. He didn't just like flip a coin, like, oh, let's see where I'm going to sit this year. Like he wanted to be up there. It's where he felt the most comfortable. Now, is he less comfortable with what he's seeing? Obviously, he can communicate with Fred and Nick and Chase, whoever. But the reason Robert Sala and D'Amico chose to be on the sideline was because they want, that's where they felt most comfortable. This guy chose, like the reason Vic Fangio is not on the sideline, he wants to be in the booth. He feels he's better. Like you, you get the choice. Steve Wilkes is not Bobby Slowick or whatever, right? Some super young guy that Kyle probably was going to direct where he wanted. He clearly hired this guy and gave him, Steve Wilkes chose, not Kyle didn't tell him, he chose to be there. And clearly this, even if he's on board, like realizes like I have to do this, this is not a choice. This this is what, this is a demerit. This is a, this is a, we need you down here now. This is against, I don't not against your will, but like not what you originally wanted to do. And you're dealing with a guy that's, this is not like a 36 year old, up-and-coming first-time guy with this response. This is an older guy, right, who's been on a lot of different teams, seen a lot of different things, and that's where he wanted to go. So did they hire the wrong guy? Think about Belichick, ultimately the downfall of him. For so long, he was incredible of just having, like, that next man up because all those guys would, like, hire their friends, and it would go – they'd become Josh McDaniels or Matt Patricia or Nick Casario or Jason Light or whatever, and it just organically happened. It kind of organically happened for a long time with Kyle from all the guys he knew in Washington to the ability to bring some of them and then kind of get some of the lower level guys. And then some of the former players that he was around, right? Like D'Amico's a good example. Uh, the wide receiver, Hankerson, I think is his wide receiver mm-hmm. coach. Mm-hmm. You know, the, these guys played for him and then they became, it was a natural, easy fit. They already kind of spoke the same language. He ran out fast with the defensive staff because two of his defensive coaches got hired. Obviously they would just slowly hire some guys as well. And he just didn't have the, because in a perfect world for any coach, you hire the guy, you know, who's ideally already on your staff or like what McVay did him and Raheem Morris boys, easy transition, right? Kyle just didn't really have that this time. And they kind of went in ideally. I think he wanted Fangio, but I think he probably thought long and hard. He's like, ah, we, we do something well. And I don't blame him. You don't you don't want to just change your product when the product's working, but like if you had a do over on that one, you'd be like, let's just figure this out with Vic. Yeah, I mean, in in some ways, Vic or Wilkes or Raheem, like they're perfect candidates because they've guys that have been, especially Wilkes and and I could see Raheem becoming a head coach again, but he hasn't had that many, you know. But Wilkes had kind of had two shots at it, one really tough shots. Fangio, it feels like neither Fangio nor Wilkes is going to be a head coach again. And so it's kind of Fangio, Fangio for sure. Fangio for sure. It's kind of perfect. If it works, like the guy's not going anywhere. You can just have your Dick LeBeau, right? Um, whereas you hire like the, the guy, Andy with Spagnola, right? Spagnola is going to be his defense coordinator. Exactly. Work yeah. It's a great example. Like the guy I was thinking of yesterday is Mike McDaniel, the Ravens defensive coordinator going to get a head coaching job because if he does their next DC might be, what do they like to do? Go send guy out, bring him back. Danton Lynn. Lynn. Yeah. But maybe he is would Kyle like him? Like Anthony Lynn is on Kyle's staff. Would Kyle want to hire Danton Lynn to be his DC? I'm getting way ahead. I mean, he's UCLA's defensive coordinator. He's a first but like that's like that's pretty risky in their scenario, right? Like if Lincoln Riley hires Anthony Lynn's son, 
you'd be like, well, he just did it with UCLA, bring him. It's not as there's there's you're mitigating some of your risk for the 49ers first time coordinator who's not your guy like that that'd be a pretty bold move it would right? be it would be and it would put them they'd be back if it works you'd be back in this spot again in a year or two right like that's kind of what we're talking about is you just keep cycling the thing would be like the head coach at like penn state in two years right you no know, nah, but, but these ravens guys seem to like come back to the nfl <laughs> Well, um, the jaw to Jim just passed back. And yeah, back. so I think Danton maybe maybe he becomes Jim's DC at the Raiders next year. But one thing Don't a lot of people say, think that Lincoln Riley's going to be sniffing around him. I I would think so. Yeah, yeah. Double his pay. Now that's the thing is like can he like if you're UCLA you're going to the Big Ten with USC you can't let it you got to keep this guy right you got to pay him. But um, especially if you beat USC like you're, you're what are yeah, we you doing? Can't, you can't you, you got to step it up on that. Uh, but one thing I would say about the Niners and the Shanahan era, for all the highs and lows, they've pretty consistently had a very high level of trust between the coach and the players, between the offensive coach and the offensive players, the offensive coach and the defensive players, and the defensive coach and the defensive players. And that's what th- that's where this feels like it's different for them, right? Like I saw some stats of uh, the D'Amico Ryan's first eight games versus – Steve Wilkes first eight games and Steve Wilkes is over 500. D'Amico was below 500. Steve Wilkes, the numbers are better. It feels like there is a, like we're here. Their, their offense was so much worse though. I, I bet if we put it into context, like they were on the field more, this offense is so much better scoring points. Yeah. Even, even when they weren't, when they were struggling 17 points the last couple of games, the yard, I mean, they were throwing for 350 yards. I mean, it's a different, it's a different team, right? I think it you is. have to put that. I, I would imagine it feels like those that 2021 team, their defense fucking re- they were relying on them a lot more. I mean, the yeah. offense is moving the ball at will, getting them more first downs. It was a struggle that you know Trey Lance's rookie year with Jimmy Garoppolo start was starting to trend the other way as a player. Yeah. I just but 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 my point is there there is a trust has never really been the problem. And it feels like Steve Wilkes is now on the field because the players asked for that. You're saying you're saying with even the struggles with D'Amico, like no one ever for a yeah, second were, didn't believe in the guy. Yeah, or just like there was not a disconnect, and it feels like we're here because there's a disconnect. And that's I, I just think. Well, sometimes, and it, I don't care who you are, you got to go like outside of the circle, and then that guy can become your guy in football. Right. Right. Like uh, Kerr has done that. Like you know, eventually he lost some guys. Eventually, he got like Kenny Atkinson. And then now Kenny Atkinson, who will eventually become another head coach, I'm sure, will just be viewed more as like a Steve Kerr guy and a Warriors guy. Like Mike Brown forever was outside the circle. And then what is Mike Brown viewed as? Like, oh, he's Steve Kerr's right-hand guy, like Warriors guy, <laughs> you know? And you, if you have yeah, success... You sure Mike in, Brown was LeBron's coach. <laughs> you get in that circle. Then Mike Brown like a, had coached Kobe, had gone to a fucking... Uh, Steve Kerr know, made him. <laughs> But you, that's what you want when Still you need to kind of resurrect yourself to get back in that little circle. And a lot of times it's hard to get in that circle. Let's use Andy as an example. Like, who are his coaches right now? It's like Kafka played for him. I know he's gone, but like Nagy, Spagnola, who worked for him. Like, he kind of went back to the well, and it works. Because right. that's ideally what you're most comfortable and at. Doug was part of the well, right? He coached who? Doug Peterson. Yeah, yeah you, you like – you're guys who know what you're doing and you can win with. It's like a perfect world. But you get in the situation, sometimes you don't have that option. And I think for the first time in his career, he didn't really 
think of who he hired to be his quarterback coach two years ago. It's like Brian Greasy. <laughs> like it's actually not that weird because Brian had played for the Shanahan's. Kyle had said I'd known this guy for 20 plus years. I'm sure even when Greasy was calling college football games, they texted a lot. Like they're probably good friends. And I also I bet, a position where Kyle can afford to take a risk because he can he he can manage it for learn on the job. But I bet Kyle would say like this guy played in the league for 15 years, like he knows quarterback play too. And but like you said, he gets to influence that, right? Because that's his baby. That the offense, the defense is not his baby. It's not. It's just he doesn't really have much to do with it in the sense of let's face it, the majority of his week is doing big picture stuff for the team. And I don't know, getting ready to call the game on offense. I don't know Kyle's schedule on a weekly basis or daily basis. I know he's talking. I would imagine. Today. Wouldn't you imagine the pie chart skews offense? Yes. <laughs> so, so watching the opponent's defense, watching his own team's offensive practice plays against the looks he thinks he's going to getting and figuring it out through the week. I'm not saying he spends every second in an offensive meeting, but the the gap is wide. It, it's it's impossible for it not to I mean, be. I think it's got to go offensive responsibilities, administ- head coaching responsibilities. Well, I mean, it goes head coaching. But in terms of the pie chart, it's probably offensive stuff and then head coaching stuff. And the head coaching stuff includes administrative bullshit that head coaches have to press conferences. You know, the stuff head coaches have to deal with. Exactly. Like, let's just let's just pick an arbitrary seven o'clock on Tuesday nights. So they're going to meet with the players on Wednesday morning. Him and Steve meet for an hour and Steve kind of goes over the game plan, the option, right? Like what his ideas are to give to the players. It, I, a lot of coaches do that, right? They meet with the guy on the opposite side of the ball and, and they go over because Kyle's been in the offensive meetings the whole time. <laughs> So and maybe it's two hours. I don't know. And so I'm not saying Kyle doesn't peak at the other team's offense, but it's it's got to be on the pie chart a, a small small percentage. So th- this is there's just a lot on the plate of this individual, right? The Anton Lynn's a good example. That guy's success, I think, why he's going to get even more credit from you get credit when you're good, but it's like, well, that's his baby. We know Chip has nothing to do with it, right? Right. Nothing to do with it. Yep. Mike McDaniel, why, why do you think it's incredible for Vic? I'm sure they paid him a lot of money, but why it's a great job. It's No one's going to fuck with me. No one's even going to talk with me. This guy he, this guy was begging me to come. Leave me alone. And and Vic was at the spot where that was going to be the case, probably no matter where he went. Yeah. But th- that is the best part about the 49ers. They have sweet players, and your coach leaves you alone. Unless you fuck up, and then he's proven this year he will drive the bus right over your head. Uh, Steve and make you apologize to the country. Make, yeah, yeah. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you 
free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com amazing to start your springtime adventure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Steve Wilkes speaking with the media on uh, Thursday said uh, that uh, he thinks going to the sidelines is going to help communicate with his coaches and players, but also believes people are making a bigger deal of it than it really is. Bullshit. Bullshit. I think Kyle has contributed to that, though. If you know what I mean, like if this whole thing was no one had talked about it until Wilkes did a press conference, said, you know what, guys, the other thing is this week I'm going to go to the booth talking to the players. Uh, the feedback I've gotten is that, uh, you know, we're just not on the same page and, and being on the field is going to help us communicate. This would have been a 24-hour story max. I'm like, oh, interesting. Totally agree. Actually, it would have been like, you know what? Good. F- 
good for them making an adjustment. Like, appreciate that. Like, not being stubborn. Gotta love it. Adjustments. Listening to the players. I mean, not too good to listen to the players. Gotta respect it. That's well, They must have a great two-way relationship. Like, it, that's what the story could have been. When, when did Kyle say that we'll discuss it or whatever? Was that before the bye? Like, week really uh, started? That was before was that like after, the bye, yes. That, was that would have been like after the Monday, like the yeah. Monday after the Bengals game. I'm going to talk about it with like, not even I've talked to him about it and we're thinking about it, but like, yeah, it's on. I'm telling you guys first that I'm about to go talk to him and yeah. then I'll let him know as well. Yeah, before before he goes to uh, uh, Puerto Vallarta for three days on his bye Actually, week. I've I also would. told him no vacation for him. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, that's, you, you don't get to do that. You know, you just and this it, is where it Steve didn't have to be this way though. It didn't, it didn't have to be this way outsider like this. We know what big deals and not big deals are with this team, right? Like ultimately, yeah. Bosa's holdout was becoming a bigger deal because, like, is he going to be? But there was never like he won't be on the team. Like the, the, everyone knows, I would say the nuts and bolts of this operation now. Some people didn't thought I was crazy, but I said from a mile away, I'm like, this guy's this backup quarterback situation. And then, and then silver, it felt like took it to the nth degree. And everyone's like, Oh, he's crazy. No, he's dead fucking right. That they, they had had discussions about cutting him like this, this team. It's like Belichick. I would say heading into the 2010s, you knew like, Oh, this guy's up for a contract. He, he Bill's going to trade this player. They're like, wait, this guy's been three straight pro bowlers. Like this is his last year on the Patriots. It, it was just easy to like, and it would, it was just tried and true formula. Bang, bang, bang. Like, there goes Logan. There goes this guy. Try oh, Gronk's pissing him off. He's gonna trade him. It's just that you you know how these guys operate. And this to me was, I would say, out of character is probably the wrong way to put it, but the biggest curveball in terms of something like this we've seen with the coaching staff. And yeah. a lot has to do with, like you said, everyone was comfortable with each other and everyone believed in each other and everyone started with each other. This guy's an outsider for the first time getting to play a, a massive role. And it didn't go well enough. It didn't go terribly, but a three-game stretch that is just it's just simply not allowed in the NFL when you view yourself as a powerhouse. It's just not allowed. You know, it's just it's allowed if you suck. Or even if you're like gonna go seven and ten, it people wouldn't notice, like, oh, they gotta get better on defense. When you're like, it's kind of super bowl bust this year. And I would even say, as long as they got Purdy on this contract. It, they got a couple year window last year, this year, next year. Like it's the pressure on this operation is fucking high. It feels like this year it's so pressurized because, and you're right about Purdy, but like, is are you going to be on the team next year? Right? You might look at on the you might look at the team next year and they get some first round receiver who's trying to develop. And Jennings is on his last year, and they do have a lot of caps. Like they could do some big things in the offseason, though. Even yeah. if Ayuk's not like that. I mean, they got $42 million. Like, is Chase Young just sweet for them? Is he just still on the team next year? Yeah. I mean, it's just, you're right. The window is as long as your quarterback. They, they got options. But it just, it's, they've knocked on the door a lot. Yeah. And come up short a lot, you know? And it's not like they're going to the, it's not like they're actually going to the Super Bowl every year. They've done that once. But the other problem is there are three or four teams like the Chiefs are the only team that are like, if we don't win the Super Bowl, we've still gone to three and won two of the last five. It would suck, but we've rattled off. Like we we won championships. Then there's this group of teams, the Eagles, the Bengals. 
I mean, I wouldn't say the Bills are dead yet. They're trending the wrong way. They're also in that area of like, it's kind of a Super Bowl or bust for us, right? We're, we're right there. We're knocking on the door. And I would say specifically the Eagles and the Bengals, right, are just like, they view themselves just like the Niners, if not better. Obviously, the Bengals yeah, beat I mean, the shit out of the Niners. The, the, what the Eagles have done, and you said it on the last pod, in looking like a championship-level team while not being 100% is a pretty encouraging thing for them. The second the Niners stopped being 100%, they fell apart. Yeah. I mean, that's what the Chiefs have done con- consistently now. Like, you look at the Chiefs like, I don't know. Uh, are they the same? And then they win 13 games. Well, I would say one thing when you watch the Eagles, they're paying Bradbury a lot of money. They just traded for Bayard from the Titans. They're, they're secondary. I mean, Dak, they were getting smoked in that game. But one thing that where you, you know, the, the coordinators have both, I would say, been under some scrutiny. But that hasn't changed when you watch the Eagles. You're like, Gee, their defensive line is just all over the quarterback constantly. So you go. I, I think most fans, and I'd even say most coaches, know that like, unless you got Dion or Revis, like your corners are going to give up some yards, whatever. But if the guys we're paying all the money to and are supposed to be going to Pro Bowls and we drafted really high, aren't fucking peppering the quarterback, we got problems. And I think that's kind of got weird. And then what happened? It wasn't quite working. He started mixing in blitzes, and then it just threw everything off. And I saw a quote from Dante Whitner to say the communication of just from the scheme to the co- – it was just everything was off. Sherman and these guys have talked about the zone and the man defense. It's just all out of whack. That, that's the problem. Like, yeah, the Eagles, like Bradbury might get smoked. But Reddick and Jalen Carter are in the quarterback's face. The Niners are getting smoked. You're like, God, is, is Joe Burrow eating a hot dog back there? But I think that was the problem. If you, yeah. if you were giving up some plays, but the, but the defensive line it felt like was just – the same as it's been, I don't think it would have been as intense. But it feels like, well, we're all in. Like, all of our chips are in on those, especially now with Chase Young on that group. If they're not dominating, no one's blaming Kaseric. They're blaming, like, the, the operation. That's where it feels Which like. Might, the, you know, who knows? Is that even fair? <laughs> that, well, that's where it feels like the lack of sacks is not nothing. In the sense that, like. Masala said it's a societal problem. To I know. It's, it's there. you know, we're raising our children wrong. Um. Uh, it's all these left. Pre- pre- I think people like the analytical community. One thing they are right on is pressures, yeah. quarterback hits. Right. <laughs> I actually agree with Robert. <laughs> it's just so funny when you say societal problem. I agree with him, but I think where it is with the Niners is like it feels like the eye test doesn't match. That's part of it too, right? And I know you look at the pressures and the PFF numbers, and Bosa's right up there, and like. I just it feels like it's okay if Bose is up there on pressures, shouldn't somebody else be getting the sacks? Right? Like I think that's where the disconnect is when people say, like, oh, Nick's not getting sacks, don't oversimplify it. It's like I agree there's other ways to create pressure, but nobody else, in theory, like he's getting double teamed and creating all this pressure. Shouldn't somebody else then be unblocked? Why isn't anybody else getting the sack? Like they're not getting the quarterback. It's I was gonna send you this chat so you can put it up. Yeah. Uh, I mean. I found a good a good tweet that makes you just go because the stats are kind of in their favor. Like if you're Steve Wilkes, you're like, you guys are fucking nuts. What is going on here? But you're right. The eye test for, for three straight weeks, right? For three straight weeks and definitely the two weeks because ultimately the Niners like, okay, on the road, like you said, if we were going to go 13 and four, Losing to Cleveland, who's having this historic defense, not even that weird of a loss. But then you're playing Cousins, who 
obviously ended up tearing his Achilles, but that's a tight player, a Pro Bowl-level guy you're going to have to beat to win a Super Bowl, right? And then you play Joe Burrow, who you literally might have to play in the Super Bowl, and they just eviscerate you. So you're like, this is a problem. It's one thing to lose. It's another thing. This It turns into basketball. It's like, well, we can't stop LeBron or Steph. Well, we've hung our hat on at least being able to neutralize those guys a little bit. And those guys were just having like days where their team's like, yeah, this is why we pay him $45 million. And that's what was concerning. It's And it's not like it hadn't happened. Last year, D'Amico, the Chiefs, I forget the score, but it feels like it was 75 to 2 when they played the Chiefs. And I mean, they've had bad games. But I think the cousin things w- was probably really jolting to everybody. <laughs> it's like, th- that's not... Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, okay. That, that guy? And then for Joe Burrow, after you just get your teeth kicked in for just the gates to just open and the and the the water just rolling in, it's like, we're just underwater now. What, what's going on? I felt like no one had any answers, which was scary. Because I, I think Fred... He said in his press conference, or sometimes I end up clicking in his little press conference or his podcast he does with his wife. Fred drops a couple nuggets on there. And Fred said that, like, you know, he maybe said it in his press conference to go, like, you know, it'd be after you get your ass kicked, you, you really, it's good to, you know, have a game the next week. He's like, but we had that happen to us. So why would we think anything different was going to happen? So maybe it is a good time to have a bye week. <laughs> Right, we we've literally just two, we've had two losses in a row that we came out worse the next week. So just to you want to get back on the horse, well, n- not if there's no saddle and you're falling yeah, not off. Not if you got a gas. <laughs> not if the horse needs a bath and and they fell out of gas oh. in the Bengal game for sure. Hey, uh, so here's the stat that you wanted. Niners. I mean, they have more pressures than anyone else. <laughs> pressure. First in the league. You're right. It, yeah. it doesn't. The eye test doesn't feel like that. And maybe it's like, hey, quarterbacks are getting it out quick. All right, well, if your best pitch, like they can hit it, what else you got? And I wonder specifically if we did a game-by-game breakdown of the pressures, the last two weeks were way worse. And those are just big games, right? Cousins, Burrow, and you're not – didn't even feel like you were around them. Burrow can move better than Cousins, but Cousins Cousins is a sitting duck. He He can't move. He's just a pocket quarterback. They've they've annihilated that player, like what Cousins represents. That's true, that's very true. Their entire run, even to like Brady last year, right? They, they if you can't move, you're fucked. Burrow, the Burrow type that can move around a little bit has definitely given him some trouble. I mean, he gives everybody trouble, but the the Cousins game, and that that's what pissed me off about the Wilkes thing is like it felt like everyone put it on the Wilkes on the one play. It was like you know there was more to it. There there were a million other third Agreed. downs. Couldn't that's get where we field. defended him. We defended yeah. that. Like, a, <laughs> like, does it feel like they lead the league in pressures? <laughs> uh, no, it doesn't. Um, they had a great game against. The, I'm just looking at. I don't. I can't get their individual. I get their pass rush grades, which is different, but per game. I mean, the pressures against the Steelers, the Browns, and, and Vikings, and the Rams. Were the two worst games. Yeah, from a pass rush standpoint. And then and last week, and the last Bengals week was, didn't go great. Last week, what? I'm saying, well, the last week, I guess it was two weeks ago. Now the Bengal game clearly didn't go great. Yeah, I mean, they they their best pass rush games of the year were Cowboys, Giants, Rams, Steelers. Yeah, 
Oh, blow so, They also, you know, they're funny because they, it doesn't feel like, can their offense, their defense can help out when their offense is struggling. I'm not saying this defense can, but like generally this team is built where the defense can help out the offense. The, the only way the offense can help the defense is if they have the lead because then they can run the ball. But the offense, like this is like my, in theory, I guess, Mike McDaniel. If Vic's defense is shitty one day, Mike's team could just oh we'll just go score. We can just shoot out. Yeah. This team can score a lot of points, but they don't do it in like shootout style, right? Like they wear you out after four quarters. You look up, you're like, fuck, they put 40 on us. But yeah, they're not like when the Bills are rolling or the Bengals and they're just like they, obviously Purdy is a much more explosive passer than anything they've ever had, but they're not a uh, typically two plays, touchdown drive, two bombs, right? That's not really their thing. They, they yeah, usually, no. well, the the run game is a huge part of what they do. And to me, listen, and sometimes it's freaky. Remember, it was either last year, it would have been last year, there was a stretch where the Chiefs were turning it over at a stupid rate. You know, McCaffrey's fumbled a couple times. I mean, they've had some kind of freaky fumbles. In the red zone. <laughs> Yeah, so it's just the while the turnovers came at the end of the uh, game from Purdy a couple weeks in a row, the fumbles on a drive when you're gonna get seven points, especially Kyle on a first drive, that's a pretty big kick in the dick. Yeah, I guess that was the Minnesota game, but did he fumble against the Bengals? Someone fumble against the Bengals? Uh, like six weeks ago, that game. Did somebody fumble against the Bengals? Oh, Brock Purdy fumbled definitely the, against the Bengals at the end of the yeah. game. Yeah, but there was, wasn't an early turnover in that game. I don't know. Obviously, McCaffrey had the the fumble on the first drive after Charvarius got the pick against Minnesota, and they were dry, they were going to score on that drive. It was like, God, oh, they're going to score quick. But listen, a turnover. It used to that. That'd be the other thing. They, it's not like they didn't turn the ball over, Jimmy. <laughs> But the defense, it felt you felt much better about it. Right, that's the other thing. Right now, this is where the eye test and the feel. You're like, oh, this is gonna be a problem. And I'm telling you, I, I think that this it's gonna put a huge microscope on this team in this game. Yeah. I mean, what if just Trevor Lawrence goes right down the field? I mean, they're coming off a bye. You don't think Doug and Trevor feel good about their game plan, right? To open the game, like, do they just do they just give up? Even if it leads to a field goal, like just an easy drive down the field, or does it look like, goddamn, boys are ready? That first drive to me is the most fascinating first drive on defense I can remember now. It's <laughs> a good call. Debo being healthy hurt, helps, right? Trent, Aaron Banks isn't going to play. We'll see with Trent. So they could, you know, if you got Feliciano out there and no Trent, you are susceptible, but you got Debo back. So, you know, I saw NFL Live had a stat today like, Three major categories. Purdy's number one in the league so far when when he's on the field with Debo. Um, you know the fact is that they Kyle's off. It's Wilkes is getting a lot of the heat. Well, Kyle's offense is scoring seventeen points. Yeah, and they're just like the point I was trying to make about them not being a an offense that can carry the defense is like they are really. It's such a cliche, but they are so complimentary. They are such a comp. They are more complimentary than any other good team, probably in the league. Where it's like, 
if you told me the Bengals defense is off, like broke, just all right, shoot out. Let's go. How many is it going to take today? I got you guys. Right. Well, here's the thing. I, the Jags defense isn't that good. Their offense, like when you just pull up their stat sheet, one ETN, who's kind of like a Tony Pollard, who when the Niners played the Cowboys, Greenlaw and Fred Warner looked like Bowman and Willis. Like he had nothing, nowhere to go. But they got three receiving options and a pretty mobile quarterback. Like one thing we've talked about, the Cousins, that they've – that mobile quarterback, like the Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, they're not like Lamar Jackson running, but they definitely can run to keep plays alive. Always gives them trouble. Ridley and Kirk are just good receivers. And Ingram is basically like a poor man's version of like Travis Kelsey. He's a pass-catching tight end. Like it's To me, they got like four options on offense and a mobile quarterback who's just a pretty good player. Number one overall back draft pick, greatest prospect since like luck. Like this, this is a pretty big test for Wilkes and the boys. Like this is not just okay, get right against Tommy DeVito or like oh Aiden O'Connell. This is number one pick, six and two, and their offense like is just very productive. And, and they spread you out like they're not going to hammer ETN between the tackles. He's much more of like an Alvin. They're going to throw the ball to him. To me, this is more of a spread space. I don't know, man. This is. I do not think it's going to be easy no. for Wilkes this game. I was going to tell you, well, the good news is the Jags are ranked 17th in pass blocking, but the Niners are ranked 29th. So they accommodate their their offensive line because they get the ball out fast. And it's on yeah. the road. I mean, Niners have not been good on the road other than Pittsburgh so far this year. Whose offense you think, you was, just, is just not good. You just look at them and think, I mean, they couldn't possibly lose four in a row. But they could. They could. If they turn it if if their quarterback keeps turning it over in key moments and their defense can't get off the field, then that's about that's about as bad as recipe as you can get. Defense can't get off the field, quarterback turns it over in key spots. You lose four games in a row and you're five and four, that's be hard for me to take you that seriously, especially you when you're losing. You think life. if you do, you think if Cousins you, in Minnesota clearly was a wild card team, Burrow Super Bowl contender, and this Jags team, they're not a Super Bowl contender, but they should probably win a playoff game, and they're going to win their division. Like you're just losing to good teams. So like part of being a good team is you clearly have the Cowboys number right, which is a good win in theory. But like okay, you beat the Cowboys three Let's play these other random good teams, and you're losing to them all. And the Browns. I mean, the Browns are probably going to the playoffs. You're just losing all these playoff teams. So well, exactly. I'm feel good once you figure it out and you get to like 11 and 6. Like, oh, they're good for – well, they've lost all these playoff teams. Okay, they beat Seattle, whatever. Yeah, they're used to playing Seattle. How about just the random teams? Dude. The, like, I would not feel good. No, you're so right. I was just looking at the schedule before you said that. And just think about like – because people have asked like, well, you know what? Is 10 wins good? Is 11 wins good? Well, let's go through it. Let's say you lose this game, you're 5 and 4. You beat Tampa six and four. Own Seattle seven and four. I'm being generous. So this, this, this is a pretty. You win this game. Your next game's Tampa. That's you. You'd be in pretty good position to get it. The ship right. And all of a sudden, you're eight seven and four. And, or yeah, eight and three. You, Tampa then Seattle. So you could get yourself to eight and three before Philly. But I'm just saying. Let's just say you lose this game. You're five and four. Beat Tampa and Seattle seven and four. Lose to the Eagles seven and five. Beat Seattle again eight and five. Beat the Cardinals nine and five. Lose to the Ravens. Nine and six, beat the commanders, 10 and six, beat the Rams, 11 and six. Like, we just got to 11 wins with like one good win, which would be Dallas. I mean, Seattle, I guess. 
but I'm being generous on beating Seattle twice at this point. But that, that I just said you lose to the Ravens, the Eagles, the Bengals, the Vikings, the Browns. Does that feel like an 11-win team that you feel great about going to the playoffs? Yeah, to me, that Seattle, Eagles, Ravens stretch of those four games is a pretty big stretch. Like, you go 2-2, two and two, but you sweep Seattle. That's not great, right? No one's taking you seriously as a Super Bowl contender if you're losing to the Ravens and the Eagles. Right. You go 3-1 and one and win one of those games, right? Because you could lose the Eagles if you beat the Ravens or vice versa and feel really good about yourself. Right. Yep. You could honestly go two and two and lose the Seattle game on the road. It'd be it'd feel bad. And if you win one of you, those Eagles Ravens game, that'd yeah. be a big win. Well, if you especially if you win the Jags game, right? You win the Jags game. You're seven and three going into that stretch. You're two and two. You're nine and five. Yeah. But that still gets you to eleven, which doesn't feel great. Would you rather beat the Eagles on the road or the Ravens at home? Um. You beat the Eagles on the road, that'd be a massive Probably play. the Eagles on the road, yeah. Because <laughs> the Ravens game, like, it's kind of a one-off. Kind of like the Bengals. Like, Especially, ideally, you'd like to see them again in the Super Bowl, but, like, that's a good problem to have. And you'd love to say that, like, oh, beating the Eagles on the road is a tiebreaker thing, but, I mean, we'll see. Philly's eight and one. You're two games behind them right now. I think you win that game. You are just favored in every playoff game beside the, you know, potentially like on the road at the Eagles in the AFC champ- NFC championship game. Like you beat the Eagles and you get to 11 and 12 and you win this division. Everyone takes you seriously again. Yeah. I think right now they're teetering. Like you said, you lose this week. How does everyone just like, they're going to be fine. They're going to be fine. Like who the fuck loses four straight games in football? They just threw their best pitch. Chase <laughs> yeah, Young and move the coordinator. I, I know. Now you don't That's, have Trent. You know you could always keep doing that thing. It's like, well, you don't have this guy, you don't have that guy, but oh, that's that's everybody. Everybody's playing that game. You're not special because somebody's no. hurt. Cowboys have had a million injuries. Eagles t- star tight end just broke his arm. Oh well, the schedule got hosed by the schedule. Well, I mean, the Eagles just played Miami and Dallas and beat them both. They got Kansas City and Buffalo coming up. Are they gonna? Feels like they're gonna. I mean, they're not getting swept by the Chiefs and Bills, right? They're going to be nine and two at least when when they play the Niners. Either come or if they're coming off a win over the Bills. Do you know if you were and to lose Chiefs. this game, if you were to lose this game, and the Raiders were to beat the Jets, both teams would have five wins. Uh. Now the Raiders haven't had their bye, so they've played an extra game, but still. Max Crosby quote: "I was meant to be a Raider." I don't fit in. I, I I like you love Max Crosby. I I think I would bail on all that shit if I were the Raiders. Enough, the rebels of the league. What rebels? How, what, what do you guys do? How are you rebels? Well, we just don't belong. We embrace it. What? How you got? You you're in Allegiant Stadium. You, what are you talking about? You moved into the neighborhood with all the other big homes. How are you the rebels? Enough. What is that? All, more importantly, what has that gotten you? It hasn't gotten you a freaking thing. It doesn't get well, you used anything. to be. It used to be cool in the seventies and eighties when they were winning. Give it up already. Give it up. But that's you have to understand that that's how they. You know, and I know that's I that's know. like a huge it's, part of their cult. Like he's he's told that by Antonio Pierce. I'm a Raider from Compton. Like, what do you think he's telling them? Yeah, like it's, I know. This, it's but not, John, this is not college. We're like, oh, this school, we don't, we only get like three star kids into this school. 
sign and develop. This is the NFL. You get as many good players as everybody else gets. You, you know theory. what the Patriots and the 49ers, the two football dynasties that encompassed the last 40 years, their like, uh, mantra was, like, we're going to outcoach you and beat the fuck out of you. <laughs> what time's kickoff? We plan on outcoaching you and beating you. Our players are smarter than your players. They're going to make open field tackles and score touchdowns. Well, you know what else <laughs> those two examples have? They have one coach who establishes the culture. The Raiders have like three CFOs, 17 coaches, no playoff wins, and they average six and a half wins the last 11 years. The culture somehow... But you have to understand, like, all in fairness to Max, like, all he knows, like, Gruden fired on Monday I'm night football. I'm not blaming Max. Not I, like, Max, I, Max lived that life also. That's a, like, it's yeah. very personal to Max. But I'm saying, as a brand, it is a, it is, it's not a winning way to present this brand anymore. And it doesn't matter. You're an NFL team. It doesn't work like that anymore in the NFL. You're all so rich. All these teams have everything. There's no reason to be the franchise that doesn't fit in. You, you don't want to not fit in to the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> you walked in. I know. Well, he's, he's tried, right? He just yeah. did try with Josh. Just, yeah. But I, I even mean like the stadium and then Josh and Ziegler felt yeah, like Josh a very is a normal NFL move. Coach. You're right. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it, it to me is what makes owning these sports teams so hard because in theory, like, God, this guy has already failed. He went back and apprenticed. Tom Brady swears by the fucking guy. He looks me in the eye. He tells me he's got it. And it's like, what, what am I supposed to do? You know, it's it's so easy to hire people that have like, I've done this X, Y, and Z. This was the ROI on the company that I ran. I did this marketing campaign at work. It's so hard. I'm like, why was the offensive coordinator? Well, the Bill fire in your headset like half the time tell you to run? Like you don't actually know anything that's going on. Even the players, there's a level in which they don't know. Right? I, I was thinking about sometimes – on some of these conversations, this Lewis Riddick clip went viral about he said on Get Up that when he was a scout, you know, in the 2000s, science ceiling was everything, right? That's when you advance scout at a team, you brought your binoculars. He said, I have I have books upon books of our weekly game plan with science in there that we did kind of, you know, defending some of this old and, and the, these other former players. I know Jeff Saturday coached for a minute, but it's like all these former players up there. And you just think about the gap between, even though the the coach, the the GM, and the players on a weekly are all together, but there is this line of stuff going on upstairs that a player's just not truly going to know, right? Right, and conversations they're not going to be privy to. Like, yeah, you might have conversations that a coach isn't privy to, but it's just talking shit about them. It's not like I'm gonna, I'm gonna. No, you're gonna do. You got to do what they tell you to do. Like you're mad at them, but those coaches are saying do this because we got this. And I just think that part of it is like, you know, I, I I do wonder if there's an element to the Raiders and just football in general where it's just hard to bridge this gap. And I think the Raiders are the farthest just kind of in no man, like caught in this world of holding on to the past. Like ultimately, for example, with Jim, do I think – he was tired of getting his ass kicked and like just wanted to take it to another 100%. Like, but is he alone? Like when I see Paul Feinbaum saying that the thing's going to be tame, it's like, Paul, you cover the shadiest fucking conference that paid people. And listen, I have no problem with any players getting paid 
fucking 50 years ago, let alone right now. But like it was legitimately illegal and you had all the highest payrolls like you guys and Nick Saban like cheated your fucking ass off. So for you to act like this is it's all under the same umbrella. It's all a bunch of bullshit. It's why it's why the cool thing about the NFL, like you said, like everyone's supposed to be kind of equal. Everyone's got money unlimited thing with college. It's like, well, some programs actually there are, are very disadvantaged in the pros. Like Mark gets the same check from the league that Jerry gets. Jerry makes extra money doing other stuff, but like Mark has the money to pay a coach $80 million to get the fuck out of there. And if he wants to, he can go buy Harbaugh for a hundred million dollars. Yeah. I I saw the fine, but I'm related to the Raiders, but to Harbaugh, I thought this when the scandal started, but I didn't say it because I didn't want to over, I didn't want to like everyone always says, this is the craziest blank I've ever seen, but this truly of 25 years in sports talk, John, <laughs> I have never been more confused by a scandal than I am by this mission. Like I've never felt more detached, like my opinion versus the way this thing's being treated by any controversy of my sports covering lifetime. It is, it blows my mind how differently I just couldn't, I don't care at all. Like I just keep thinking like, wait, we're mad because he went to a game and just filmed their signs at a game. From the stands, not in-game filming and like signaling with a light or some like Astros shit. Just he went to a game. He saw the same signs everybody else saw. We know they're not hiding them because all these teams do the stupid sign. And then they just broke them down. And then they like, I just, I, I, it does not, I get there's a bylaw. You're not allowed to scout at games, which is so, I'm not allowed to scout at games. There's a hundred thousand people there. I can't go to the game. It is. This is the stupidest controversy of my life. I really don't get it. I really why, don't understand. I, well, this I mean, is, I get why know, it's something. I don't get why it's this much. Well, because it's pretty clear what happened. Harbaugh was tired of getting his ass kicked, so he took it to another level. Well, then who started getting their ass kicked? Ohio State, whose brother is part of like that uncovered this. Ryan Days. Did you, you see that part of the story? No. So it's like Ryan Day, Ohio, Ohio State was behind the uncovering of this because I think yeah. Ryan Day's brother is like whatever industry he works in, you know, PI, whatever it is, like he was part of it. So it's all, why does he care? Well, he didn't care when he was fucking kicking Jim's ass. Well, what happened the last two two years? People start going, Ryan, are you going to be the head coach here in a couple of years? Are you going to lose this? You were born on third base. It doesn't get any better than this. This is a better job. You could argue than like half the NFL. It's as we pay you $10 million every fucking year. You have a squad. School recruits itself. If you put a little effort in, this is, you could argue it's the biggest behemoth. I mean, they are to me every bit Alabama or Georgia, like just in terms of how consistently awesome all their players are and how much it matters, how big the program is, how much the school cares. They got it all. And I think his back was against the wall. And so they did. So to me, this is all like uh, if you read Shoe Dog, it's like Adidas trying to kill Nike, and then yeah, Nike yeah. got big. That's all this is, and it's what? not actually like. Are they just better than you now? Like has has he caught up? Not because some former Marine. Now there are cool, like funny parts of this story. Like he owns some business or house with Blake Crum. You know, it's like there's just selling some weird vacuums. Shit going on. You see that part? Thirty <laughs> vacuums on Amazon refurbished. Um, so, but this is what I, I'm getting at. Like, I understand that. Like somebody just made a chat uh, in the comments guy, you're cool with cheating. This is, this is the heart of what I'm talking about. It's like, I don't, 
it's only this this cheating is like he's at a game with a hundred thousand people looking at the same signs everybody else. It's just not the same cheating as like the Astros cheating is far that is cheating. This is just like you scout everything else. I, I just don't get how this doesn't feel quite like morally corrupt cheating to me. Even though I know there's a rule about it, but it just keeps sounding dumb. Like it's let everyone scout everyone's signs. I and don't get it. And here's the here's the other thing. Like everyone kind of knows everyone's trying to steal a sign, so it's like on you, change them. Right? I think the whole signs thing is I've always thought it was so stupid. You got like signs and you got like curtains, then you got like so dumb. Well, why don't they just allow the headset in the in the yeah, power five? I, I don't know. Which clearly that's what this is going to lead to, right? Yeah, apparently are they doing it in bowl games? I think or something. I I, I just have a hard time. And listen, Feinbaum, he's I respect him, but he's got a little Skip Bayless to him. But this notion, like whatever the Big Ten does, the SEC does worse. That's that's always what I'll lean to, and which I like. I mean, I like all this part about college football. I liked that Ryan Day knew that like. These guys That's are gonna cool. fire me if I don't beat Michigan. Yeah, we better figure this fucking out and uncover it. Like I, I think I, I find that fast. It's it's a great. It's why college football is the number two sport in the country. And when we say college football is the number two sport in the country, it's really like the 10, 15 programs that are carrying the fucking water for everyone because they're just so fascinating with all this crazy shit. You see the thing that went viral about Lane Kiffin kicking the kid out of his office? Yeah, I, well, listen to the audio today. I Which always to me it was like I, I actually he just told him to get out. What did he, I? I didn't even think it sounded that bad. I think it made Lane look decent. It's always a bad to me. I always question like when you record somebody else and then you know the kid sounds distraught in the audio. So you want to be sensitive to that, but at the same time, it's like well, you know, you're recording. You're recording because you you're, you're going to share this. So are you actually distraught or just kind of playing it up, trying to set the other person up to sound bad? Right? Especially when Lane was like. Bro, I've been calling you for two weeks and you wouldn't show up to my office. Every, every human being is going to be like, that's a little weird. Like, yeah. You just call me or text me back. Like, I'm the head coach. I'm calling you to come in here. Get the fuck out of here. That guy's such a loser. Like, I, That is such a loser move. It's one thing like you're going to go to jail. <laughs> you know, you wear the wire or whatever. When some stuff like that happens to just try to make another guy look bad, but it's not like, what are we really talking about? It's one thing to like catch this guy. This guy's doing insurance fraud, fifty million. It's like Lane Kiffin's just kicking you off the team because you won't call him back. Like you think in your warped mind, this is way crazier than it actually is. I, I don't see how they're. And I, I actually just clicked on the comments, and everyone was like, "Yeah, I mean, if what what's this kid talking about?" Most people had Lane's back. Oh, I didn't. I didn't read the. I see the comment. God, I had to read the comments on a good story like that. Uh, but. I had one other thing for you, but I don't remember what it was. All right. Anything else? I, oh, I, 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 I don't totally feel comfortable. It's like, why didn't I just, I wouldn't reshare, even though you, who cares? It's already out there. Like Belichick leaving the thing. Yeah. Lane video. Like it's just kind of, there's a level of like, what the fuck are we doing? Oh, I agree. I mean, the Belichick ring video to me is, I'd take it another, because he's, it's completely, there's not even a debate about whether he's acting appropriately or inappropriately. Right. Just a He's man leaving, leaving a home. <laughs> yeah. Like, but I looked up today at the gym guy, and I, the TVs are typically on just like ESPN two, ESPN, CNBC, and like Fox News at this like you know the fifty TVs in yeah, a row, yeah. and just like CNN, you know, just on the basic channels. Well, McAfee's on on ESPN two, and they're showing the video over and over. The Bill and video. I was like, 
I was like, that's kind of fucked up. Yeah. Like I, like I, I mean, it's funny, but it's like, what are we? I know. I think it's kind of fucked up. Now, once it's out there, you can argue it's just, it is what it is. It's all over. Yeah, but the only reason it's out there is because you know it's going to, like, it gets out because it's going to be, it's going to become massive, right? There's no stopping yeah. it. There's just no stopping it, it. I don't even think it would be that big if it was just him with a shirt on. You wouldn't even be able to. It could be his house. If he had a shirt on, would, then it would just be a guy. Yeah, it wouldn't be anything. <laughs> it was the it was the shirt off and the jeans. Do you have a belt on? I think he had a belt yeah. on, too. I, I had some people text me saying, like, actually, it looks pretty good for some I, I That's what I thought. I thought it came off good. Uh, you know, we talked the other day, bad games, Jags, Niners. Other than that, I'll tell you, I mean, Bengals, Texans, a solid game. Texans are 4-4. Four um, Tamiko's coming. Tamiko's coming. CJ Stroud is coming. I watched somebody put together like a two minute video of like CJ Stroud's best throws. It's an incredible video. They put music. Great like, layout. Oh, great they put the old throws. Did you watch the one? It had like the old Monday Night Countdown Berman music on it. No, I, I just went to YouTube. I just went to YouTube and typed in his highlights on like oh, the next day. Somebody put out a video. I, I watched some of the game, but so that's a solid game. Problem. I actually think that I think the Raider Jets game is pretty intriguing. Bro, I'm with you. I'm all in on that game. Like, I'm so that's, happy they didn't flex that game. That, that's that's a good. Whoever wins that game is going to be feeling pretty good. Yep. I mean, if, guy, if the Raiders win, they're five and five, and they, they are alive. Alive. If the Jets win, they're five and four, and Aaron's coming back from his two month Achilles recovery. Oh, Chargers Lions not terrible. Uh, is Dable going to get fired year after being coach of the year? Two and seven going might, to the Cowboys. I don't think they're going to win. You look at their schedule. I mean, they obviously the quarterbacks around too. So you're just, it's kind of like uh, the year, you know, when Kyle was rolling with CJ and Nick Mullen, you're just kind of fucked. Yeah. And those teams even had more talent. Like, I, I think he's just kind of screwed. Like, what's he going to do? They're just going to lose a lot. They haven't Lions, played the Eagles yet. Lions charges a sneaky game. Uh, I think that's the, you could argue top two or three game of the weekend. Yeah. I mean, Commander Seahawks interesting, potentially interesting, I guess, depending on which Saints at Vikings. Uh, Where, where's that game? Browns Ravens, which uh, the Seattle game. Seattle in Seattle. I think that's borderline must win for Seattle if you want to win the division. It's hard to say. I mean, the Niners could lose. What am I talking about? Yeah, they could just play hot potato with the division. Yeah, never mind. It's not must win at all. Somebody's gonna. No one will win a game the rest of the year, and someone will win the division. I guess they play each other, so that's not possible. But anyway, on that note, uh, yeah, that's the schedule this week. Maybe big college football games this weekend? Penn State, Michigan. Yep. Oregon, USC, 15-point underdog. Tempted to play USC. That's a, that's a late game, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Utah, UW. Utah's a nine-and-a-half-point underdog, but it's just – you you know UW's trying to do something no one ever done in the Pac-12 going defeated. Utah's the kind of team that can just give you hell. My question is if they go undefeated and then lose in the conference championship in a rematch to Oregon, yeah, who goes? Oregon. And then UW gets left out as a one-loss team. Yeah, or or maybe they still get in too, depending. Like, would they get in over the one-loss you know loser of the Big Ten, whichever you know? Ohio State, Michigan loser. If whoever doesn't go to the Big Ten title game, you know one major curveball. Hmm. What if Bama beats Georgia in the SEC championship game, and Georgia's one loss, and they're back to back champs, and yeah. Bama's obviously would have to go in right, right. as the SEC champs. 
it'd be people would be like, well, you can't. Georgia's fucking earned it, right? Yeah, Especially if that was a thing. Game. That's what um, McElroy, McElroy was, was saying about the other day. Yeah. What are they doing? He, I did agree. Like, are they going eye test? Are they going resume? What are we doing? Like, are we just kind of picking individual team? Now, you could argue like Ohio State and Michigan, wherever they're ranked, it doesn't totally matter because they're going to play each other. Whoever wins that game, if they're both undefeated, it's probably going to be one. Well, the right? problem with, but the reason I don't have a problem with using different standards is like there's different schedules. So, like, if you play a shitty schedule, we better go eye test. If you play a good schedule, it's a little harder to go eye test because you've played good teams. Michigan has not played anybody. So they better no. be a good eye test team because they're not going to be a resume team. If I watch them, I'm like, I don't know. But then I look at your schedule and it's twice as hard as somebody else's schedule. You're a resume team. Like, so I, I do get like, that's where I disagree with McElroy. You, we can't have a uniform evaluation because we don't have uniform schedules. Go look at Michigan's schedule. It's awful. Don't play anybody. So, and even this they, week, let's say they, they beat, let's say they beat Penn, yeah, if they beat Penn State by 20 or whatever, are they even getting that much credit? Because Penn State played Ohio State and they were terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like But I think it's pretty clear when you watch them, they're good. Right. I think that's, I think that's a huge part of it. Right. I mean, they're killing it. Without question. And if you have a 12 team playoff, we don't really, these debates are about worse teams. Right. These are debates about the 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th best team. And then it's like, whatever. But we're talking about a 14 playoff with a chance to win the championship. You know, like if you don't play anybody and you've looked bad in the playoff, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't care about the this quote unquote scandal, but they have not earned the benefit of the doubt as a program. And I you know, they Harbaugh have, coaching in college and in the playoff is great for business. I'd love to see I love to see it. Yeah, they gotta win out. And there's no one loss. No question. I, team getting it. And, and and in your scenario where there's where Georgia gets beat by Alabama, then I think the team that loses the Ohio State Michigan game does not get in the playoff. I think that maybe no. I think Oregon, like a one loss Pac 12 champ, Oregon gets in over that team. Now there's still well, my a Big question, 12 champ, but they're not in the mix. Yeah. Would, would uh, Georgia sorry, has a one Florida State? Well, if Florida State runs the table, they're in, right? Right. right. And then the question would be would a one what if they lose their Georgia team? Game? They'd be out. But would Georgia TCU at one year. loss? Would they get in over? Would they get in over Texas one loss Big Twelve champion? I don't think so. I think I think I think that it's just such an easy one if you're on the committee. Like, hey, let's conference. Cha- let's start with the con. Let's go with conference champions. Yeah. Michigan, right? Ohio State's in. Florida State, if they win, they're in. Yep. Texas, if they win, is in. And then whoever wins the Pac-12 is in. Am I skipping something? No. So it'd be Texas. Let's just say Michigan. Just, there's five power five. Florida State. Like, if they're all yeah. one, if you get like a bunch of undefeated and one loss conference champs, like somebody's getting left out. So let's just say Georgia, Michigan, undefeated. Those are easy. Georgia, yeah. Michigan, undefeated. Florida State, undefeated, in. Right, three. And then it'd be between Oregon and Texas, probably. Yeah. Yep. What would they do? Would that be pretty controversial? Yeah, it'd be tough. Would they take Texas? It's just bigger brand. They could. Oregon's huge, but they could. I mean, they could also go. I think. I think Oregon gets a little. I think there's a subconscious like lean towards the Pac-12 teams this year. Oregon's ahead of them now, right? Yeah. I think they've Washington's looked better. Five, That's like Oregon, I think, has looked better. Yeah. So actually, to answer your question, I think they go. If Oregon keeps playing this way, 
And they and here's the other thing they would get credit. You know, this happened. I'd forgotten about this. You beat the team that beat you in a weird way. People are like, oh, undefeated. You avenged your loss. I mean, yeah. they don't really say undefeated, but I think you get credit when you beat the team that beat you. I would agree. So I think Oregon would be in over Texas. Like I think Oregon or Washington, whichever one wins the league, as long as they're undefeated or one loss is in. Agreed. Future Big Ten teams. I think they're getting a little bit of a push. Anyway. All right. On that note. Godspeed. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.